What we're doing today is, last, last week we finished up our series, and today we're starting a new series, and we're, we're going to be talking about those uh, annoying people that we all have in our life, or the, that, we, that we meet in our life, and uh, today what we're doing is we're going to talk about how we handle critical people, how we handle people that tend to criticize all the time and have that critical spirit about them. And next week, we're going to look at what you do when you're confronted with people that are overly needy, that tend to suck the lifeblood out of you. And we're calling them the emotional vampires, you know, those type of people. We'll, we'll talk about how to handle them. And then in a, in a couple weeks, we're going to talk about how you handle the people who, who they... They're extremely manipulative, and they try to control you, and control, and they try to control your actions through guilt or you know what their Jedi skills or whatever. You know, I don't know how what they do, but you know, just the, the, trying to manipulate you a lot of times. But today we're going to look at critical people, <clears throat> and I got to tell you up front here is I'm I'm kind of kind of struggling with this with this uh, series because of all the stuff that's going on in, in the world and some of the things that our fellow brothers and sisters in Jesus uh, put up with on a, on, a, on a continual basis. And, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure you've seen on the news all the things that's going on in, in the Middle East and other things of the, the Christians that are experiencing persecution. I just wanted to show this, this picture to you as, you know, these are, these are some Christians who have experienced persecution at, in one form or another just simply because they are a Christian. And we've, you know, we've all seen on the news, you know, this, this one right here is especially the one that probably ever, that stands out in everybody's mind. of People who are just Christians, they're being killed you know, simply because of what they believe. And a lot of it's at the hand of the, of the Muslims in the Middle East. There's persecution going on in, in India also, in China, in North Korea, and all sorts of places. And that kind of stuff it bothers me because, you know, I'm concerned about meaningless things compared to that. And so what, what we're going to do as, as a church is, first of all, whenever I hear about stuff like that, is, you know, I... My first instinct is I want to fight. You know, I want to, I want to get back. I don't want to do something to those people that are doing things like this, to people who are like us, who are Jesus followers. And, you know, it's, that's, that's a natural instinct. But Jesus has, has told us, first of all, there is a time when it's okay to fight, when it's right, when, when it's right to fight. Jesus has also told us that... We are to pray for our enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And so that's, that's what we're going to do as a church. And we're going to be doing it in, in conjunction with um, Voice of the Martyrs. It's, a, it's an organization. <clears throat> and we'll, we'll have this back there on the information table. But uh, the Muslims, they have an important holiday. You've all heard of Ramadan. Yeah, you know, it's one of their big, big holidays or big religious things that they do. And it lasts a month. It starts June 18th and goes through July 18th. 
And what they are encouraging people to do and what we're going to do as individuals and as a church during Ramadan is we're going to pray for Muslims. We're going to pray for our enemies. And we've ordered some, there's a picture on the back here, they've made up some booklets for 30 days of prayer, you know, specific things to pray for each day during, during Ramadan. We've ordered a bunch of those and we'll have those available. And you know, as soon as they come in, we'll start passing them out. But you know, I just want to encourage you to, to take part in this and we'll pray for our enemies. We'll pray for those who are persecuting people like us in other parts of the world. And Christians are starting to experience persecution here in America, as you see, but it's nothing compared to that kind of stuff right now. So we're going to pray for our brothers and sisters, and we're going to pray for our enemies. And like I said, we'll have this on the information table back there so you can look at it. And then as soon as the prayer booklets come in, we will... Uh, get those out to you and you know hope, hope hope you take part and hope that means something to you so this kind of stuff goes on that's why I'm struggling with us today just talking about people that criticize us Does that make sense because you know there's there's bigger things out there but you know criticism is you know it's, it's a it's a very real thing and it's something that we have to learn to deal with if we're going to be the type of person that God wants us to be. And so we're going to talk about critical people. How many of you know someone who's very critical? All right. How many of you are sitting next to that person right now? <laughs> Don't do that, okay? Don't. Truth of the matter is, we all deal with people who are critical. You know, we, we all deal with them. It's just a part of life. And people are going to criticize us for what we do. And people are going to criticize us for what we don't do. Yeah, you'll, you'll just be criticized. All right? it's, it's a fact of life. And we see instances in the, in the Bible about this, of people, you know, stuff that people had to deal with. In the, in the Old Testament, Moses, he was criticized by his own family members for the person that he married because his brother Aaron and his sister Miriam did not like the person that Moses chose to marry. And so if you are married to somebody who your family does not like, welcome to Moses' club. Right? You, you belong in the, in the club, the same club as Moses. And it, Moses, he was even criticized for doing good things like, oh, let's say, leading the children of Israel out of slavery in Egypt. You know, he was criticized for that. Yeah, yeah, the the whole time the Israelites were saying things like, "I wish we were back in Egypt." You know, where things things were better back there than they are out here in the wilderness. And in the New Testament, we see the Apostle Paul, who is probably the greatest Jesus follower to ever live. He was criticized. They called him a hypocrite. They said he couldn't teach very well. And Jesus, of all people, was criticized. I mean, remember, Jesus, He's the Son of God. He lived a sinless life. Okay, He didn't do anything wrong. But yet, He was still criticized. They said things like, well, He hangs out with sinners. You know, he, he eats with sinners. He eats with tax collectors. You know, he eats with, with people He shouldn't be. And you know, the big one is, oh, He heals on the Sabbath. You know, he does things He's not supposed to on the Sabbath. And since these great biblical people were criticized then chances are pretty good 
that we're going to deal with criticism in our life. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 5, it says there, it is better to be criticized by a wise person than praised by a fool. When you think about it, whenever somebody is critical, whenever they they criticize, it kind of gives a glimpse into their heart. Kind of gives a glimpse into what they're what they're thinking. It, it tells us about what a lot about what they believe. Because on on your listening guide, praise will show us what people value, and criticism a lot of times it will show their insecurities. It will show where they don't feel good about themselves. And so, whenever a person criticizes, it shows you know the the aspect of their life where they feel very insecure. And so maybe that's why Jesus told us. If you're going to look at the speck in your, in your friend's eye, make sure you take the log out of your own eye first. Okay, look, look at yourself first. Now, why is it that people can be so critical? Well, what we need to do is we need to realize that more often than not, people who are critical, you know, the, that are habitually critical a lot of times, they're just unhappy with themselves. Maybe they don't like themselves. And so what they do is they turn around and they criticize you in order to make themselves feel better. In a kind of a weird, screwed up kind of way, they're trying to validate themselves that way because it makes them feel more important when in reality, those who are critical, they're the most miserable people that are out there. So how do we deal with that type of person? How do we deal with that type of person? The truth is, for, for some of you here today, this... This is an issue that you face on a daily basis. You, know, you face this on a very regular basis. Maybe uh, this is a you know, very, very sad instance. Uh, maybe you grew up in a home where you had critical parents. And no matter what you, what you did, you, know, you couldn't measure up to their expectations. It didn't matter what you, what you do. You, know, they, you just, they wouldn't accept you. You just couldn't measure up to their expectations. And that affected you deeply. Some of you may be in a marriage where your conversation is characterized by being critical. You know, you're, you're never good enough. There's always this nagging, you know, this, this nitpicking that goes on. And it could be at work, it could be friends, you know, they're always, always critical. And Christians, unfortunately, they are some of the most critical people of other Jesus followers. We're supposed to be on the same team. You know, we're supposed to be in the, in the same family. So how do we deal with criticism? How do we handle this? Now, before we get into that, I want to look at a couple wrong responses. They're, they're natural responses, but they're wrong responses. And the first wrong response is to fight. It's to fight. Because when someone criticizes you, what we want to do is we want to fight back, don't we? I mean, the, the claws come out. You know, the, the, the fangs come out or you know whatever it is, it, it comes out and we want to fight back. Now, I don't know about you, but whenever somebody starts to criticize me, you know, I start, you know, I get, get a little shaky, and my my heart starts to race, you know, and I I just I just wanna I wanna lash out. My blood pressure goes up. You know, I just I just wanna say, I wanna defend myself from what you are saying. I want to get back at you. Or some people, they might be a little different, they you know they Maybe they sit there and take it, or they walk away from the conversation, and then afterwards they're playing the whole thing over in their mind. They're thinking, I should have said this, I should have done this. Yeah, next time I see them, this is what I'm going to do. You know, this, this, is, this is what I'm going to say because I want to fight. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back. 
And so, you know, we, we fight a lot of times. And then the second wrong response is flight, fight or flight. This is where we withdraw. We say, you know what, you, you hurt me, you're constantly criticizing me, so I'm going to keep you at a distance. I'm not going to let you close enough to hurt me. You know, I'm going to keep you over there. And both of these are natural responses. But they're wrong. They, they are wrong responses. So what I want to do with the rest of our time here together is I want us to look at the right responses that we should have in dealing with critical people. And if you want to help yourself in the long run, all right, if you want to be the... the type of person that God has in mind for you, what, what He wants you to do, then we need to do these things. And the first thing we need to do is we need to learn to listen to constructive criticism. Because if the criticism is constructive, we're going to listen to it. We may not like it. It's definitely not going to be fun. All right, It's not going to be easy. But we will listen. Because it can help. Now, how do we know when we should listen? Here's a couple things. First thing, we listen when their motive is to help and not hurt. We, we will listen to them when their motive is to help us out and not necessarily to hurt us. For instance, let's say that you're struggling with your weight and they come up to you and they say, are you drinking 1% because you think you're fat? Because you're not. the second Napoleon Dynamite reference in two weeks. This is, this is good. This is good stuff. But, but anyway, if, if, you're, if you're struggling with your weight and you know, somebody comes up to you and says, hey, you know, the gym that has a uh, buy one, get one uh, coupon or deal going on, would you like to work out with me? This is probably somebody who cares about you. They want to be involved in your life. And you, you, know, you want to listen to a person like that. You want that kind of person in your life. You want them more than the person who comes up to you and, you know, is not helpful. No, they, they are hurtful in what they say. And so we're going to listen to someone whenever their motive is to help and not to hurt. And we'll listen when the person can help us. We'll listen when they can help us. Because maybe they have some personal experience or maybe they have some professional training or they have some knowledge or something that will be of great value to you and it can, it can help you out. And if they do, then it's very wise to listen to them. You know, we would be smart to, to listen to them. Look at what the Bible says about this in Proverbs chapter 15. It says, If you listen to constructive criticism, you'll be at home among the wise. If you reject discipline... You only harm yourself, but if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. So in order for you to be good at what you do, whatever it is, in order for you to be the, the type of person that God wants you to be, if you want to improve yourself, learn to listen to constructive criticism. Because that will help you become better. So first response, there's a time to listen. The next response, whenever somebody might be criticizing us, is there is, we need to learn when there is a time to answer their criticism. We need to answer their criticism when there's a time to give a defense or to give them additional 
information that, that might help out. So when do we answer? Well, first one, when there's missing information. Okay, whenever there's missing information, that when you give that to them, that it might change their perception, that's, that's when we answer them. They may be criticizing you for, I don't know what, but you know they're criticizing you for something. Then you say, hey, now, hang on just a second, and here's something you, you, you don't know about this, and you tell them, and they're going to look at you and say, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. No, I, I understand now. Because you offer them information that they didn't have previously. And then you answer when the person's open to change. Because quite honestly, sometimes that person, doesn't matter what you say, doesn't matter what you do, they're still going to be critical. Right? They're, they're, they're still going to criticize. And those kind of people, you don't answer them. Okay, Just stay away from them. Now let's stop here for, for a minute. Let's talk about relationships. Because you might be in a marriage, you might be in a family relationship, you know, friend relationship that is characterized by critical words. Or you might have a, a parent-child relationship that rarely has any positive, encouraging words. But it's one that's always filled with... Uh, Critical words with disparaging comments, you know, things that kind of, again, to nitpick and tear you down. And I just want to add, add here, too, that when it comes to relationships, criticism isn't always vocal. You know, the, the, the eye rolls, the sighs, the shakes of the head, those kind of things can be much louder than actual words. So you, you, know, you can criticize in, in different ways. But the only thing I have to say to you is if you don't stop being critical, okay, if you don't stop being nitpicky and, and, and nagging and being critical, you will never have the relationship that God intends for you to have. Okay, it's not, it's not going to be the, the best that it, that, that it can be. Because if you're always tearing each other down, if you're always getting on each other's nerves or doing whatever, you'll never have what God wants you to have. And, you know, that's, that's just it. So, you need to learn, learn to live in this second one that we're talking about here today where you, where you stop and say, okay, let's not criticize. Let's not go any further. Let's talk about how we can improve this. Let's talk about how we can improve our relationship and make it better. Because if you let your spiritual enemy come in, you know, he's, a, he's the doctor of criticism. You, know, you let him come in and you listen to him instead, it's going to be a knockdown, drag out criticism fest. Okay, that's all it's going to be. And you will never, ever, ever have the kind of relationship that God wants you to have. Now, as a word of caution, don't go home today and say, okay, I hope you're listening because you're the type of person Nate was talking about. <laughs> don't do that because that's not smart. <laughs> that's pretty dumb if you, if you do that so you know, don't, don't, don't do that but we see another example of in the Bible of somebody answering criticism this is in Judges chapter 8 and starting at verse 1 now there, there's a group of people who are criticizing Gideon and he answered them verses 1 and 2 we'll start there it says then the people of Ephraim asked Gideon why have you treated us this way and then 
they argued heatedly with Gideon. And what they were doing here is they were criticizing him for a decision that he made. They said, why did you do this? You know, why, you know, why did you make the decision this way? And so what did he do? He answered them. It says, so Gideon replied. He answered them. He gave them a defense. Okay, he basically said, you know, this is why. And if you read the whole story, which I encourage you to do when you get home today, this, he built them up. He encouraged them. He used this as a time to encourage them. He says, he said, look at what all this stuff you guys have done. Now, you guys are great. I've, I'm nothing compared to you. And he made them feel better. And he gave them additional information through all of this. And then in verse 3 in the, in the Bible, it tells us there that when the men of Ephraim heard Gideon's answer, their anger subsided. So he was able to def- diffuse the conflict by answering their critique. Okay, that's what happened here. And there's a time to do that. So there's a time to listen when somebody can help, you know, when, 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 they, can, when they care. There's also a time when somebody's criticizing you to answer them, when you need to give additional information or that will change their perception. And the next thing that we need to do, and this, is, this one's really, really important here, and if you want to grow and be the kind of person that you can be, the kind of person God wants you to be, we've got to do this one also. And that is we need to learn to dismiss invalid criticism. We have to dismiss this invalid criticism, but it's not easy to do. Okay, it's, it's still, it's still not, This is still, still a hard one to do. But when, when do we dismiss the invalid criticism? On your listening guide, when the person who's doing the criticizing, we dismiss it when they are known for being overly critical. Okay, when they are known for this. Some of you know people like this. Okay, they are just overly critical. The good thing is, is that none of those people are here today. Okay, I've heard churches have overly critical people in, in their churches, but you know they go somewhere else. They're not here. Okay, they're, they're always at, always at a different church. So we don't, you know, we don't have to worry about that. But we know people like that, don't we? We know people who can be overly critical, but they say things like, always like, you know, I don't like my job, you know, I don't, I don't like my boss or my parents or my husband or my, my wife, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, they're just so annoying, or the, the weather is just not good today, there's nothing good on TV, and besides that, Napoleon Dynamite movie is just stupid, you know, why you always keep talking about it, why you always keep bringing that up, and, you know, it's, they're always critical. There's always stuff like that. Overly negative people. Okay, we need to learn to dismiss it from them. Because if they can't see anything good ever, they're not going to see anything good in us. So we just need to learn to dismiss it. Because if we don't, it's going to distract us from what's really important. So I also dismiss invalid criticism when you're listening, guide is when the criticizers emotionally wounded or when they are unhealthy. Mostly unhealthy or wounded. I said that backwards, but you guys are smart. You can, you can figure it out. Now, we need to be careful here with this one because we don't want to dismiss the person. Okay, we want to love the person who's hurting. We want to love the person who is wounded. But we have to understand that when somebody is deeply hurt, when they're deeply wounded, chances are that's why they're criticizing you. 
That's why they're lashing out a lot of times. Maybe they're going through something. You know, maybe their their marriage is on the rocks. Maybe they're hurting financially. Maybe they're going through some hormonal changes, or they're in the middle of a midlife crisis or something, or their kids doing stupid stuff, and you know they're just hurting right now. <laughs> they have a lot of pain in their life. Their criticism of you is likely not personal. Okay, it's just because of the other stuff that's going on in their life. So we dismiss a criticism when it comes from somebody who is hurt, when it's somebody who is wounded. Jesus had to do this all the time. Jesus had to do this all the time. In the book of Matthew, we see a story there about a time when the Pharisees, if you know anything about the Pharisees, you know, they were the religious snobs of the day, the religious elite. They thought they were above everything. and They actually had the gall to be offended by something that Jesus said. And the Pharisees, they criticized Jesus all the time. You know, they were, they were always getting onto Him. But now they decide to turn it around and get offended by something that, that Jesus said. Yeah, Jesus told a little story about the Pharisees. And the disciples, they came up to Him and said, Jesus, do you not realize you just offended the Pharisees? You know, do you not realize what, what you just said? And so Jesus goes on, and this is, this is great here. He compares them to plants. Okay, and this is what he says in Matthew chapter 15. It says, Jesus replied, Every plant not planted by my heavenly Father will be uprooted, so ignore them. They are blind guides leading to blind, and if one blind person guides another, they're both going to fall into a ditch. That's what's going to happen. So ignore them. Dismiss it. He's saying their words are not from God. Now we we need to understand something here, and I you know I want you to I want you to understand this is the better you become at something, the stronger you become at something in your relationship, or the better you become at work or whatever it is, whatever it is that, that you do. When you become better, you become a bigger target for criticism. The people will start taking shots at you if you're more effective at work. If you have a good and effective marriage, if you're a, you know a good leader in whatever capacity you are in, you know you're you have good influence and it, it, it's rising. You're going to become a target for criticism. People are going to try to start beating you up, and if you don't learn to deal with that, and don't learn to dismiss it, and don't learn to move on, you're going to become distracted, and you're going to lose the focus that God wants you to have. So let's bring this all down to a personal level here. You've got a choice. If you've ever heard me talk for very long, you know that you know I like to boil everything down to your choice, your response. You know, it's how we respond a lot of times. You've got a choice. Some of you right now, you might be haunted by words, by something that somebody said to you years ago long time ago. You've got to let that kind of stuff go. Okay, you've, got to, you've got to let that stuff go. Some of you might be living today in a way where you're trying to please somebody who's not even around anymore. You want them to, to like you, but they're not even around. You've got to let that go. And even if they are around, they don't like you yet, they're still not going to like you. 
And so don't try to live to please them. We all have a choice to make. Early on in my preaching ministry, it was the first, first church where I was actually the, the, the senior pastor, the preaching pastor. It was in Oklahoma. And I was at church early Sunday morning, one Sunday to do some last minute things, you know, do some last minute studying, get get things done. And, you know, before everybody starts showing up, there's some things I needed to get done. And, like write a sermon. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I had that down. But there was there were some things that there's some things I had to get done. Yeah, I went in and I noticed there was a stack of mail on my desk and so I went through it and looked through it and there was a personal letter that was addressed to me and I opened it up and looked at it and it was from one of our members and this person, I still remember their name, it, they proceeded to berate me and belittle me and criticize me and they finished off the letter by saying they would never be back. You know, they were quitting the church and they would never be back. And I'm not going to lie, you know, it hurt a little bit. And, you know, because of what they said and how they said it, and it hurt. And that was also the, the day I made the decision to leave mail until Monday. And not open it till Monday. But whatever happens, whatever happens, we've got a choice to make. you got to let that stuff go. You gotta learn to dismiss this invalid criticism. You will never be all that God wants you to be. Now, in reality, you know, I want to talk talk real briefly here. Some of you, you know, I don't I'm not thinking of anybody because I don't know, you know, everybody really well here, and so you know, you know, I don't want to make eye contact with anybody when I say this. <laughs> Some of you might be overly critical people. Okay? And if that's you, let me just say, you will never change somebody in a positive way with constant criticism. You'll never change them with the wrong kind of heart. And what you're doing, if that describes you, is you're poisoning the relationship. And you're hurting those people around you, and you're hurting yourself. You're hurting yourself. Because if you look for the bad, guess what? You're going to find it. You'll find the bad. But if you would change your perception and look for the good every now and then, you're going to find that too. So it comes down to the choice. Dealing with critical people, that's just a fact of life. I will be criticized. You will be criticized. There's one thing that I hope you take away from this today. We can't please everybody. We can't please everybody, but we can please God. And that's really our goal, isn't it? That's really what we're what we're shooting for. We cannot be driven by what other people think. What we have to do is we have to live for the audience of one. And that is God. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. It says, For we speak as messengers who have been approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. 
So when somebody cares about us, when they can help us, we're going to listen to that constructive criticism. When somebody criticizes us, they don't have the whole picture, we're going to answer that. We're going to give them the additional information. And when somebody wrongly criticizes us, what are we going to do? We're going to shake it off. We're going to dismiss it and move on. Because we are driven by one purpose. And that is to please God. Not please other people. Now you might be dealing with critical people right now or... Like I mentioned, you might have somebody who spoke negative words into your life sometime in the past, and it's, it's affected your self-image even, even today. It's limited what you're able to do even today. And it's doing that because you still believe their lies. You still believe their criticism. Let that go. Leave it here today. Get on with life. Okay, let that kind of stuff go. You are not who others say you are. You are who God says you are. God is pleased. God loves you. Not because you perform, not because of the things you do, but because He is love. And God accepts us through Jesus Christ. Because we ourselves are not good enough. But Jesus is good enough. And that's how much God loves us as He sent His one and only Son to this earth so that anybody who believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And you see, God did for us what we could not do for ourselves. We were incapable of doing this for ourselves. Jesus came to this earth and He died a perfect, sinless sacrifice. He shed His blood on the cross, willingly gave His life on the cross, so that we could be forgiven. So we could have that forgiveness not because of what we do, but because of who God is. Because of what Jesus has done for us. We can accept that. We can have that in our life. And I'm, not, I'm saved not by good works, but I'm saved by grace. I'm saved by God's grace. I'm saved by placing my faith in Jesus Christ. And because of that, our sins can be forgiven. That we can be made a new person. Now that invitation is open to anybody. Now Jesus gives us forgiveness of our sins. He gives us the power to live life now. And that power includes things like dealing with those critical people around us. He gives that to us. And Jesus has said, if you want to follow me, you must first deny yourself. That means it's no longer about you. It's no longer about me. It's no longer about what people think about us. But it's about what God thinks about us. It's about God. It's about Jesus. So we deny ourselves. And we follow Jesus. You cannot please both God and people. All the time, you can't. So you got a choice to make. Who who will you live for? Who will you who will you choose to devote your life to? Now Jesus, He makes this possible 
like I said, through through His forgiveness, through dying on the cross for us, and each week we take some time out to have the Lord's Supper, where we remember what Jesus has done for us, and you know, I just encourage you to take it in remembrance of Him and His sacrifice, and. You know, if you stepped across that line and given your life to Jesus, made Him the leader of your life, then you're more than welcome to take part in the Lord's Supper today. You don't have to be a part of real life. We want to make that available to you. But He is—he—he he loves us. He wants to help us, and that gift that He gives is—you know—it's freely given. If you haven't accepted accepted it yet, it's laying there in front of you. All you got to do is reach out and pick it up. Because Jesus loves you that much. If you want to talk to somebody, want to know what that means, you know what it means to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus, you can see me afterwards, and I'll be more than happy to talk with you about that. In this moment, we'll have communion. Take it in remembrance of Him. All right, let's pray.